All right, uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 22, we're going to read one verse tonight. And I feel like uh, the first three services that we've had in this series of meetings, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and last night, the Lord laid it on my heart to uh, preach uh, messages to you. Uh, If I remember right, I think two of the three messages I had never preached before, they were brand new, that the Lord had me prepared just for, for here. Uh, of course, you know, I'm, an evan- I'm, I'm not an evangelist, but I mean, I travel and speak like an evangelist, so I don't have to study. I just get one sermon and preach it over and over and over. <laughs> but the Lord laid on my heart to, to, to prepare a couple of brand new messages for here this time. But tonight, I, don't, I wouldn't call this a message. I, I don't know what I'd call it. I, I guess, I guess you'd, you'd, you'd just call it um, uh, teaching a truth uh, from the Word of God. But, but I'm going to read a verse. And then my entire message, if you want to call it that, it's just going to be one big long illustration. And then at the very end, I'm going to tell you why I told you that illustration. And that's going to be the whole message uh, tonight. So Proverbs chapter 22, we're going to read uh, verse 1. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Father, I pray tonight that you'll help us during this uh, time. You know, I feel just a, just a tad, um, I don't know if you call it uncomfortable or uneasy or whatever, because it's not really a, 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 a prepared message to preach tonight. But I pray you'll take this truth that's based on uh, this scripture, and I pray you'll apply it to our hearts. And I pray you'll help all of us to understand uh, how how broad this truth is, and how it how it affects every aspect of our life, and how it could change our life. In Christ's name, Amen. When my wife and I were uh, engaged and uh, were going to be married, a few weeks before the wedding, I went to a little um, a little jewelry store. In, in, in downtown uh, East Chicago, the next little town over from where our church is. And, uh, and, and I went to this little jewelry store, and I picked out a, uh, a little wedding band and uh, engagement ring just a few weeks before we were to be married. At the time, I was working at our church's bus garage. My job was to clean the floor where the mechanics worked and to change the oil in the buses. And I was making $2 an hour. Uh, this was, uh, you know, about 120 years ago, <laughs> it, but it seems like now. But, uh, but um, I was making $2 an hour, and um, so I picked out the little wedding band and engagement ring, and literally I put $10 down on, on this set, and I paid it off uh, $10 a week. For the next several weeks, few weeks until the uh, time for the wedding, and uh, we we got married, and she had the little uh, the little little engagement ring and tiny little diamond, and then uh, the little uh, wedding band with just a slightly larger diamond in it. And shortly after we had just been married, though I don't know, a f- probably a few years, I began to ask her if I could 
buy her a nicer ring, you know. And we 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 had gotten a raise. We were making two and two dollars and fifty cents an hour by then, and 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 uh, and I wanted to buy her a nicer ring and set of rings and so forth. But oh no, she just wouldn't have it. You know that those were her wedding rings, and that's the one she wanted, and she didn't want any others. And so I asked several times, and she just absolutely wouldn't hear of it. And Finally, I was out of town speaking one time at a meeting like this, and we'd only been married a few years, and the youth pastor of the church, he was a part-time on the church staff, and then he ran a jewelry store. He was the manager of a jewelry store in a mall, and so he took me down to the jewelry store one day, and he said, pick out anything in the store that you, that you would like to have, and he said, I'll, I'll sell it to you for exactly what our store paid for it. He said, if you find something that's Five, that we paid $5 for, he said, you can have it for $5. He said, if you want a tie tack, you can get that. If you want uh, whatever he... And so I found a nice little wedding ring, a nice little wedding ring with the several diamonds in it. And uh, that was uh, about 35 years ago. And at the time, uh, uh, his store had paid $450 for that little set. I don't know what it would have sold for at the time, but, you know, considerably more than that. And so at the time, that was a fairly nice little ring, you know, I, I, for, for us, you know, for our income and our age and so forth and the time, of the, the, you know, the, 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 that it was here in America at the time. And so I got I brought that ring home, and I was so excited, you know, to, to give it to her, and, and and I brought it and I gave it to her and so forth, and and I expected her to take those little tiny rings off that I was kind of embarrassed about, and and put them away in a drawer somewhere and put this nice ring on, but she didn't do it. She left those little rings on and put that bigger ring on with it. Now she's wearing all three of them, and. And so she wore those and wore those and wore those and wore those until finally they wore in two. One or two of them literally broke. And so I uh, said to her uh, that we were going to have to get some new rings. And so we talked about two or three different possibilities of taking those rings and having them melted down and turned into something new and add something to it and so forth. And and we hadn't quite made up our mind yet exactly what we were going to do, but we were considering all of that. And then we were on a... Um, a trip, a meeting. We were we were at a meeting, and and we were staying in a, a condominium instead of a, a hotel room for this particular meeting. A, a man that was a member of that church owned a condominium uh, on, on a lake near near the church. Not, he didn't live in it, but he owned it there on this lake, and and so he let us stay in this nice condominium. It wasn't extremely plush, but it was much nicer than where we lived and 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 um, nicer than a typical hotel room you know it had two or three bedrooms and and a big living room area and the kitchen and so forth and a big uh, balcony out on the uh, outside overlooked the lake and and one of the days we were there um, she was sitting in the uh, living room area on the couch reading her bible and I was sitting in the dining room area and it was an open concept and so we were in two separate rooms but but no wall between us and I was working. I had my briefcase out, and I was had stuff spread out all over the dining room table there. I'm I'm a master at at at, at spreading stuff out, you know, wherever we stay. And and uh, so I I was I was working and was busy. And and uh, she said, "Could I interrupt you for a moment?" 
And I thought, boy, I'm really busy, you know. And I said, but, but you know, with a big smile, I said, oh, sure. <laughs> and she said, uh, so that I can tell you something that I admire about you. And all of a sudden, I had all the time she needed. <laughs> and she said, at the time we'd been married 30-something years, 40 years now, but at the time we'd been married 30-something years, and she said, uh, surely in our 30-something years of marriage, there must have been something about me that you did not prefer. But I have never heard you get up in public and use one of them as an example. And she went back to reading her Bible and she thought I went back to work. But what I did instead was I reached over my briefcase and I pulled out one of those little notepads that I'd stolen out of, a, I mean, I'd borrowed out of a hotel room. And, and it's by the telephone there, you know, and it was, a, uh, it was a Marriott Hotel little notepad. And on that little notepad, I wrote down the 14 reasons why I don't tell anyone any of her weaknesses. Now, we've joked about it a time or two. She said to me one time, she said, I could have saved you uh, 13 points. There's only one reason. It's because I don't have any. (laughs) But I wrote down 14 reasons why I have never used any of my wife's weaknesses as a public example, nor do I tell anyone any of her weaknesses. Well, at least she's never heard me do it. She wasn't there the day in chapel at the college that they got up and said, we're going to have a big activity. We're going to take all the college students who want to go to Six Flags over America, uh, up near Chicago, big amusement park, and they said uh, they've got a brand new roller coaster up there. It's supposed to be the scariest roller coaster in America. And they said uh, for $25, you can go on this activity, and you can have a lot of fun, and it'll scare you to death. And I got up and said... I can save you $25. If you want to be scared, just come home and eat supper with me tonight. <laughs> but she wasn't there when I said that, so she doesn't know I, I said that. So don't tell her I did. <laughs> but the 14 reasons why uh, I do not discuss my family's weaknesses. Number one, they deserve better than that. My family just deserves better than for me to discuss their weaknesses with anybody else. My family's not perfect. The rest of them aren't. I am, but none of the rest of them are. But my family's not perfect. No, no, No closer to being perfect than your family is. But my family does not deserve for me to discuss our weaknesses with anybody else. Number two, the second reason that uh, I do not uh, discuss uh, my wife's weaknesses in in this particular case I'm thinking about. Number two, for every one weakness she has, she has many strengths. And I choose, and it is a choice, to emphasize her strengths, not her weaknesses. Now, tonight I realize I'm... Using my wife as an illustration, it is Valentine's night, you know, and and uh, but uh, 
But, you know, this, what I'm saying tonight could apply to any relationship you have in life. Your, your co-workers, your co-church, your, 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 uh, other, the other church members, your family, your friends, your boss, your relatives, your parents. Uh, you, you know, I, I choose to emphasize the strengths, and it's a choice on my part. You know, I, for example, I, I've told her several times that I noticed when we had children at home, we reared three, I always say, beautiful daughters. And, and when we had uh, daughters at home, uh, she could never go to bed at night until she had checked on everybody's spirit before she went to bed. Every night she would, uh, she would study, she would guard, she would nurture everybody's spirit, and she couldn't go to bed until she had strengthened or corrected or adjusted uh, everybody's spirit before they went to bed. Uh, for example, she's a, she teaches at our college, and she's an excellent teacher. Uh, I often go out in the hallway between classes and shake hands with the students, and I often see Jose there and, and, uh, and Brother Joe and, and, and others and, and, um, and and uh, I I go out in the hallway and shake hands with the students and 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 often I've walked past her class at the end of the hour and the girls will be coming out of her class weeping uh, and and just you can tell that she has just put her heart and her soul into to the class and and uh, she's consistent. Uh, 24 years, she was a secretary to a Mrs. Colston at our church, uh, and the, the lady who runs the music at our church. For 35 years, she taught the junior uh, five uh, fifth grade Sunday school class for the girls at our church and, and only resigned to that when she started traveling with me more often. 40 years, we've been married. Uh, 49 years, she's been a member of uh, First, First Baptist Church, the same church. She's the only person who ever joined the church 10 years before she was born. But she's been a member there for 49 years, and, and uh, she's loyal. Uh, she's an excellent decorator. She teaches home decorating at our college, and uh, our, ho- our home is beautifully decorated, and, and she's very affectionate, and uh, she dresses uh, appropriately. I've never been embarrassed by how my wife looked in public. I've never been disappointed in how my wife looked in public. Now, I've been disappointed a time or two at how she looked at me in public <laughs> but, but I've never been disappointed <laughs> uh, for, I remember one night uh, our church uh, we, we have a asphalt parking lot across the street from the main building and uh, it had uh, it, it was old and it had uh, it had uh, sunk in in a few places and it was collecting puddles of water when it would snow and rain and so forth and Brother Hiles was frustrated that our pastor was about that and so he he hired a company to come and pour a new, new parking lot and, and boy he wanted it smooth and he didn't want any water puddles and the very first week after he, poured, he had that poured, we walked out on, after church on a Sunday night, and in the uh, street lamp, you could see there was a puddle of water there. And I said to my wife, uh-oh, Brother Hollis is going to be upset. Look at there, there's a puddle of water. And I assumed it was, you know, a half inch deep, and, you know. And so I said, right there, that puddle of water, and I went like that. Well, it wasn't a half inch deep. It was about three inches deep. And every drop of water in that puddle went right in her face. (laughs) Thank God we were on the way home from church and not on the way to church. But I was disappointed at the way she looked at me that night. (laughs) 
but I've never been disappointed in the way she looked in public. Uh, our house is always clean and neat and organized. She's a tremendous speaker. Uh, she's a c- tremendous communicator. And, you know, if she has all those strengths and many others, why would I want to choose one of her weaknesses and emphasize that? I would rather choose a strength and emphasize that. Number three, the third reason, uh, if I talk about her weakness, I reveal my weakness of not being able to deal with her weakness by myself. When I go around telling you about her weakness, what I'm really doing is admitting to you that I can't deal with her weakness by myself. I need your help. I need you to emote with me. I need you to, to, to give me some, some sympathy because I've got to deal with this weakness, you know, uh, that, that, that supposedly she has. So what I'm really doing is, I'm not talking about her weakness. I think I am, but what I'm really doing is revealing my weakness, that I need your help. Number four, the fourth reason I don't talk about my wife's weaknesses is no one who is hearing me can do anything to help me anyway. Nobody in this room tonight is going to go home with us and referee. Nobody's going to go home with us tomorrow when we get on the plane and fly home. None of you will go with us at, 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 and, and come to our house this week and, and, and help me out with whatever weakness I think I'm dealing with. So why tell you about it? Number five, very few of the people who hear me talk about her weakness care enough to want to help me with it. Now, there may be somebody here in the room tonight that would say, oh, well, bless your heart. If you've got a problem, I'll help you. But not very many. Most people would just think, well, tough luck, pal. I got my own problems. <laughs> you know, God bless you. Good luck. <laughs> you know, very few people care enough to, to want to help anyway, so why tell them about it? Number six. If I'm speaking to an audience like I am now, the audience came to get help from me, not to help me. You don't come to church to, oh, you may root for the preacher. You may say amen once in a while. You you may say praise the Lord. You may say go get them, preacher. You may say, you know, I'm on your side. Uh, You may try to encourage him a little bit, but you don't come to church to give help to the Whoever's speaking, you come to get help. That's why you go to church. That's why you go to a seminar. That's why you go to a Sunday school class. You're hoping that whoever's speaking can help you. So if the audience comes to get my help and I stand up here and use the audience to emote on about my problems, I'm being unfair. I'm being dishonest. Number seven. Every time I've heard someone criticize their spouse in a public forum, I've felt sorry for the spouse who was being used, not for the one who was speaking. Now, I don't know about you, maybe you're a better Christian than I am, but that's the way I've always felt about it. Every time I've heard someone get up in public and criticize their spouse, I felt sorry for the poor spouse that was getting raked over the coals. Number eight. Every time I've heard someone criticize their spouse in a public forum, I've thought less of the person speaking than I did before I heard them say that. I didn't think more. I didn't think, oh, bless his heart. Boy, he must be a great guy to have to put up with all that and still endure it. No, I thought less of him because he didn't have enough sense to not get up and talk about it. And that would go 
not only for a public audience, but one-on-one conversations. Number nine, no one enjoys hearing it. If I got up here tonight and told you the 75 things that's wrong, I'm sorry, the two things that's wrong with my wife, you wouldn't enjoy one word of it. You wouldn't leave here tonight and say, boy, that was delightful. I sure enjoyed hearing that. So why tell anybody? Number 10, I know my wife would be happier if I didn't point out any of her weaknesses than she would be if I did. If I did. And I don't know about the rest of you fellas, but I'd rather live with a happier wife. <laughs> Number 11, most people... At least, and this may be one of the most important things I say tonight, most people at least subconsciously tend to attempt to become what they have been told they are. You ever notice that? You tell somebody that there's something, and they, they, sometimes they don't even realize they're doing it, but they start trying to become what they've been told they are. Why would I want to encourage my wife to focus on one of her weaknesses? I'd rather her focus on one of her strengths. And I'm not just talking about my wife. I'm talking about anybody. I'm talking about my friend. Why would I want my friend to focus on his weakness? Why would I want my boss to focus on his weakness? Why would I want my co-workers to focus on their weaknesses? Why would I want my former, I mean, my, uh, my, uh, my, uh, the other church members I go to church with, why would I want them, why would I want my relatives to focus on their weaknesses? I don't want to go around talk. If you tell somebody they are something, especially if you tell them often enough, they tend to try to become what you told them they were. I'd rather they try to become one of their strengths. I'd rather them try to focus on a strength than a weakness. Number 12, I have more, I have more weaknesses than she has. <laughs> so why should I talk about hers? If I need a weakness to use as an example, <laughs> I've got plenty. I, I can tell you, I can stand up here all night and tell you my weaknesses. So why should I use somebody else's weakness when I can tell you when I have plenty to use? Number 13, I don't know, uh, I, I don't want anyone using my weaknesses as an example, so why should I use someone else's? Number 14, I've always tried to give my family's weaknesses as much privacy as the family, uh, as the family has whose father is not a public speaker. Number, well, I said there was 14. I wrote down 14 that day there in that sitting there in that condo, and then later I added uh, two more. Uh, Number 15, I'm afraid it would reveal, if I talked about someone else's weakness, especially in this case, if I talked about my wife's weaknesses or my family's weaknesses, I'm afraid it would reveal, at least to the more intelligent thinker, it would reveal my failure to lead my home, my family, my wife to avoid or overcome those weaknesses. If I stood up here tonight and said, we've been married 40 years and for 40 years I've had to put up with and for after 40 years she still, well, what I'm really saying is after 40 years I have failed as the leader of my family to lead my family beyond that weakness that we had when we first got married. Number 16, and every man in the room will understand this reason. 
I'm just smarter than that. <laughs> I'm just smarter than that. <laughs> but when that little ring finally broke, I told her, well, go down and pick out the ring you want. Her sister worked at a jewelry store at the time, and so again, we were able to get it uh, wholesale. And uh, so she went down and picked out a very nice set of rings. Uh, for a quarter, I'll let you look at them after the service. She's got them on tonight. And she picked out a nice set of rings, and, I, and once again, I said, we'll put some money down, and we'll, I'll pay it off. Uh, we'll put it on layaway, and I'll pay it off by the month. And so she went and picked it out and left it there in the store, and I told her that uh, we'll, we, we put a little bit of money down on it, and I told her we'll pay it off by the month. But what she didn't know was I had planned that all those years we'd been married, I had collected and several people had given me as gifts uh, different, uh, d- several different guns. I have a gun case and have some guns in it and some handguns for protection. And, of course, you know, every hunter has to have a different shotgun for every bird he shoots and a different rifle for every kind of animal he shoots. And so I had several guns. And, and so she didn't know this, but I took uh, six of my guns and gave them to a friend of mine who goes to gun shows. And I told him, take this gun that I like the least and uh, price it the lowest so you can sell it for sure and work your way down to this gun that I would really like to keep if I could, but I'm willing to get rid of it if I have to and price it a little higher so it won't sell as quick and see what you can get for these six guns. Well, he sold four of the six The other two, he had them priced high enough, I guess, they didn't sell. He brought me back the two guns that I really would have preferred to keep and the money for the four guns, and to the very dollar, it paid off those rings. And I was able to go get them after one month and give them to her. And do you know that if you would... Use that same line of reasoning with every friend you have. Can you, ama- can you imagine how much more we could accomplish with the gospel and Christianity if not one single one of us in this room tonight knew anybody else's weakness that wasn't such an obvious weakness that we noticed it ourselves? If nobody in the room had ever told us about one of Brother Fred's weaknesses, wouldn't that be wonderful? Of course, now all of his, you can you can notice them. I mean, you don't you don't have to tell him. Nobody has to tell you. But but can you imagine how much more Christianity could accomplish if nobody out there knew any of our weaknesses because we had never told anybody. Now, the compliment she gave me, I'm sure, was a little inaccurate. Now, it may be that she never heard me do it, but I'm sure I've done it a few times by accident and wish I hadn't and so forth. But wouldn't it be wonderful if every one of us could live the rest of our life and be so careful that we never reveal another, especially another Christian, another person, church member, another family member, another person's... Wouldn't it be wonderful if the day you die, 
Nobody else knows anyone else's weakness because you're the one who told them. Now, I realize I didn't preach a hot sermon tonight. I realize we don't feel like Shekinah glory came down tonight like Brother Joe described the Sunday morning service. But but I wonder if there's a greater truth in the Word of God. The Bible says... A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, loving favor than silver and gold. Yes, after being married almost 40 years, I finally had the opportunity to give her the nice wedding set that I wanted, that I would have liked to have given her back when we first got married. And after almost 40 years, I gave her the gift of a lifetime to, for, to, to me that, that I've always wanted to give her. But there's a greater gift than silver and gold. If her statement is true, the greatest gift I've had the privilege to give her is that I didn't take away from her the opportunity to have the good name she deserves. You wouldn't pickpocket anybody in this room tonight you wouldn't follow anybody in this room home tonight and sneak in their house and steal some of their china or their gold or their silver. You wouldn't steal, you wouldn't do that thing they call identity theft to anybody in this room tonight and, 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 and empty out their bank account if you had the chance. You, you wouldn't do that. You're a better Christian than that. Well, a worse crime than, 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 the, than the emptying out their bank account is to ruin their good name. I don't know about you, but every time I, I've taught this half a dozen times or so or more maybe, and every time I do, I feel like, oh my goodness, boy, do I ever need to confess the different times I've said such and such about so and so and that I said such and such about so and so. I don't know about you, but I feel like I need to Go to the altar tonight. Can we have every head bowed and every eye closed?